Sure. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, coming through loud and clear. Okay, cool. Um, do you... Alright, so... Do you want to chat for a second before we get going sure. here? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, first of all, how much time do you have? Um, I, like, solidly... Um, an hour for sure um, and if we if it seems that we're you know still rocking at that point I could probably push further um, so okay but, we'll try yeah, to keep I, it with an hour then yeah I think that works for you okay um, cool so I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm doing here so I know that you've seen some of my stuff but I have yes. no idea how much you actually pay attention right, right. <laughs> um I'm seeing that people like you and others are embracing social media a lot more. Um, I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, but, you know, I'm starting to see things pop up, starting to see people that used to kind of dog on social media actually embracing it and doing things. Right, right. And so uh, we're obviously here at the dawn of something, and it would be interesting to just kind of get your take on um, all of that, you know, from the different hats that you wear. Right. Uh, you know, whether it's if you want to talk about from the college professor standpoint, the school of music kind of standpoint, uh, an individual kind of standpoint, you know, thinking about somebody like so percussion in the quartet, like what can you what could they do? What do they do? Whatever. Right. What were discussions? So anyway, um, just packaging all this stuff into a long form video. Uh, so we have Skype here. Of course, it's recording. Um, I have a camera over my back left shoulder just okay. to capture like the screen and get a little bit more content that way sure. and maybe offer like another camera angle if I want to go in and edit. Right. Um, and so the point of this is kind of meta is for us to talk about social media and content creation, but then it's also, it becomes my content and your content. Certainly if you want any of this stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. So does that kind of make sense? Just creating long form content that I'm going to go and chop up and, Spread. Yes, makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, cool. and I'm I'm thrilled to be to be involved with it. So, well, sweet. I appreciate it. And real quick, are you interested in going live on Instagram, like connecting our two accounts to where, like, your people could see your thing, my people could see us talking. You know what I mean? And if anybody totally. had a question, they yes. But here's the deal, Brandon, and this this will be the first step in revealing uh, all of my weaknesses. You're gonna have to, tell <laughs> to you're gonna have to tell me how to do that. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, we I've already started recording, so this is gonna be great for the archive. All right. So if you go into Instagram, go under your Liquid Drum account if right. that's where you want to do it from. Right. Um, top left corner, you have like the little camera. Uh huh. And then it pops up with the selfie camera, so you're looking at yourself. At the very bottom. You can see you can toggle between like normal, boomerang, live. If you just right. could scroll over to live, it says start live video. Um, here's what we can do. If you want to go, mm, I'll go live. I'll go live and invite you. And okay. on your screen, you ought to see a thing that says like, hey, do you want to join this? And then you just say, yeah. So, but I shouldn't start my live video yet. Um, not yet. Okay. So I, think, I don't think we can connect up. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so, while while you're doing that, I, let me. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my phone um, propped in a in a good way. So. Okay. Hold, so hold tight. Yep. I've already gone live, and I'm sending you the invite. So whenever you get a second. All right. So for anybody that's seeing this right now, uh oh. There we go.
So you should see an invite from me. I'll send it again just to make sure because I had an error. Okay. It says successfully sent. So you ought to see something. Yes. Cool. So it has popped up. Um, So I just hit it. Yep. Okay. And so, so I'm seeing you. Yeah, it says that you've joined. Did it send you a little invite to join the... Okay, here we go. Yeah, send a request to be in the video. That works. Yep. It didn't send from my end for some reason, but that's okay. okay. Go ahead and request. And so so I just did you. that. And now it should be waiting to join, and we should be live together in two seconds. Waiting, waiting, connecting. Hey, yes. look at that. Cool. Nice. All right. Okay, let me um, let me make sure that I have this. Oh, yeah. and we need to both turn our volume down on our phones so we don't hear a gigantic echo. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. So to fill anybody on Instagram Live in for the past, like, two minutes, you've been sitting here watching me touch the phone. <laughs> Well, we're live here with uh, Todd Meehan so, from Liquid Drum. And what we're doing is we're doing this like meta thing where we're content creating, talking about social media. It's going to go in a number of different directions, I'm sure. Talking about colleges, uh, maybe individuals, ensembles, stuff like that. Going to get his take on things because Todd's been doing a great job. Um, so you're going to see me probably looking at the Skype screen on the desktop for the most part. You guys are off to my left shoulder. But, of course, I see all the, the comments coming in. So if we see any sort of questions or anything like that, you know, we'll address them. If you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the comments, and we'd love to do that live. Um, and not just kind of babble between the two of us, but it would be cool to get a little conversation going here. So Yes. All right. Well, if you want to get started so that, um, you know, our hour can go. Um, Todd, if you just want to go through maybe like a really quick origin story about who you are and your background, just to set a little context for anybody from my feed that doesn't know who you are, that would be helpful. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I am, uh, well, I'll start, start presently and I'll, I'll work backwards. Sure. Um, so I've been teaching at, uh, the Baylor school of music since 2003. So I'm, I'm starting on my 16th year. um, so, and have obviously been in Waco, uh, Texas since then. I am a Texas native. I uh, grew up on the outskirts of Houston. Um, I have done a number of, uh, professional, um, performance oriented things, uh, primarily in, uh, new music, chamber music. So, um, uh, got my start with, uh, so percussion in the early days of that group and, um, once I uh, left that group and, and came down to Baylor uh, a couple years thereafter, um, started the me and Perkins duo with Doug Perkins, who was also in so uh, in the early days. And, um, you know, do, do just a, kind of your your um, typical smattering of other things. So, uh, you know, regional orchestras and, and some freelance work here and there. Um, uh, uh, a healthy dose of, of solo projects and endeavors. Um, uh, just, you know, when those things come along that kind of strike my, uh, my interest. Um, and, uh, yeah, that forms kind of the bulk of my work. I had a, a pretty typical, um, Texas 
upbringing in terms of my um, my music formation. So uh, a lot of marching band, a lot of drumline early on, um, and did that through high school, but then left it once I hit uh, my undergraduate studies. So my uh, my schooling was uh, one year in Chicago at DePaul University, just my freshman year. I then uh, transferred uh, to UT Austin, where I finished my master's degree. I mean, sorry, my uh, my undergraduate degree. Um, went to Yale for my master's, uh, and that's where uh, all of the so percussion stuff happened. Started my um, doctoral work there, uh, but the Baylor job interrupted that, and so my wife and I moved back to Texas. Uh, she also a Texas native, um, so we were eager to get home. So we moved back, uh, but then I, I ended up finishing my doctorate uh, at UT Austin, kind of commuting for a handful of years while I was teaching here. Gotcha. Yeah, see, I didn't know that um, the Baylor gig kind of interrupted everything with you. So I was kind of curious. I was going to ask, um, was it just one of those things where they were really starting or you guys were really trying to make it serious and it was like, we got to have all four hands on deck and it can't be a, a commuting kind of thing? Um, no. So it, yeah, the, the, the timeline all coincided, um, uh, perfectly in that way. So to tell the story, it seems like, oh, well, you know, you, you, you left for this Baylor thing and then obviously you couldn't keep doing so because the rest of the group was up there. Um, but I had already actually decided to leave. So, um, I, I, um, loved my time with the group. Uh, left all the guys in the group still do um, in, in you know the current iteration um, and uh, still love you know playing with them uh, here and there randomly whenever I have the opportunity uh, but I was really in a phase of well two different phases one I um, I desperately at the time wanted to win a timpani job um, and so I wanted to take auditions and didn't feel like I had the the uh, adequate time to to prepare and, and to go and do that while playing and so. Um, and I also thought I wanted to do university teaching. Um, and so that required uh, a doctorate um, and a doctorate requires uh, time and attention towards that. And so there were just, there, there's these, these things that were sort of pulling against each other in some way. Um, and I thought ultimately to do these other things, I would probably have to stop doing um, uh, the, what, what was happening and so at the time, which was, um, uh, like I said, really, 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 really incredible. Um, such a huge uh, resume boost for me. Um, but at the time in the first couple of years, wasn't a money making <laughs> um, enterprise. So um, they, of course, have since uh, progressed enormously and, and um, are in are in really good shape now. But um, yeah, my, my years there was, it was, it was really, really the beginning stages of what that group was. So would you ever, um, consider still doing the symphony thing? Take auditions? Uh, I'm curious yeah. about this because I didn't know about that. Yeah, no, a little, yeah, it's kind of a, um, kind of a, a hidden secret or part of my past. Um, <laughs> no, not anymore, honestly. Um, you know, I think part of, of everything that, that we all do and, and actually, something that you said when we were just starting uh, our chat a couple of minutes ago, um, you know, kind of recognizing what you, you, you don't know what you really like, what you can um, uh, see yourself putting all of your time and energy to and, until you do it, until you experience for a while, experience that, that thing for a while. Um, and, 
I I love playing timpani. Um, you know, if I were just playing timpani in in a vacuum, I I absolutely love it. I love just getting in a room and playing and playing timpani. Um, I didn't love the audition process so much, um, and part of that could have been I didn't do it long enough to have success with it. So I'm sure um, it's hard to love something that you're you feel like you're constantly losing at. Um, but I also, you know, to be honest, I I do struggle with um, large ensemble playing at times, just in my, um, engagement and, um, attention. I, I, I think it's why I do so much chamber music that I, I want to be, uh, doing something more of the time. And certainly with most timpani playing, you pretty much are doing something for a lot of the time, but there's still moments where, you know, you're not, and, and you're sort of just sitting there. Um, and so I didn't, I, I, Within a couple of years of starting to teach at Baylor, I realized, okay, I don't think that that's ultimately what I want to do for my full-time professional career. Uh, I do still play um, as timpanist with the Waco Symphony, so I get six or seven concert cycles per year, and for me, that's that's kind of the perfect amount. Got it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, timpani has always been kind of my my favorite uh, instrument. Um, really excelled at it kind of early. Mainly because I had a, a middle school and a high school band director that really kind of did that cycle or the uh, the siloing thing, you know. Where right. it's like if you're great at snare drum, you play snare drum. I happen to have an ear and I could hear pitches, so it was like, all right, cool, you're going to symphony because we have somebody else that could cover keyboard. Um, yeah, so you know, I did two years of Carolina Crown myself and doing the right. drum corps thing, and ended up writing a dissertation on like uh, tuning and, and pedaling and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, we have that shared like timpani thing together, which is a lot of fun. Did um, you ever see yourself pursuing like did, did you set out for a while and think, you know what, I, I want to get on the audition circuit and I want to to see where this goes or for me it wasn't auditions as far as like going into a an orchestra in that kind of mindset. Right. For me it was a very naive and early thought uh throughout middle and high school of who I love these Star Wars uh, soundtracks. Like I just right. want to be Don Williams and like go jam in a right. studio, you know, right. right. Um, obviously having no clue growing up in South Carolina, the furthest, almost the furthest place from LA. Right. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was just a thing. Uh, 2002, I don't, I don't want to make this about me, but I, I remember a star Wars episode came out in 2002, uh, episode two came out, got the soundtrack for Christmas and listened to that thing for hours on end. Uh, just really enjoying the sounds I was hearing. That was kind of my first awakening myself to like timpani sounds in the, right. the nuances of things. So that was a, a meaningful moment, I think, uh, for me. And I, you know, since going to college and, and whatever, I sort of branched out and saw all the other possibilities. So timpani wasn't the only thing on my map. Right. Um, right. But yeah. So timpani is kind of a, a shared thing for us. So it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very fun. Well, um, Let's kind of get into it. Uh, maybe focus a little bit on liquid drum and kind of where this came from. So um, what year would you say that this started and what was kind of the preemptive thing that made this a, an endeavor for you? Yeah, well, I was uh, I was searching for um, a way to um, basically tie all of the things I was doing, at least individually, all of the um kind of personal professional endeavors that I was doing, tie them all together, put them under some sort of umbrella. Um, and yeah, I guess just package them in, uh, a way that was 
um, that felt different from uh, just Todd, me, and percussionist, which is is what we typically do as you know individual performers. So if I'm going to give a solo recital, or some so and so is defined as a as a marimbist, or you know if I'm going to write a book or whatever, you know it's just it's it's done under your name. Um, uh-huh. And and we have of course so many examples of this, whether you're looking at Mark Ford or Mike Burritt or you know anyone like that, it's sort of done sure. under under their name, which is all great. It's, it, I mean, I think it works really, really well. Um, it obviously ties the work directly to the person. Uh, but for some reason, and I'm not sure why, <laughs> I thought, um, you know, maybe, maybe all of the things I had thought about doing um, and all of the initiatives that I thought maybe I would get to um, over, you know, the, the coming five or 10 years, um, Maybe they were, I don't know, broad enough or different enough that that it made sense to sort of put them under a, a title uh, of mm-hmm. some sort. Um, and, and a big push of that was um, writing the percussion accessories book um, because I thought, I don't know, maybe who knows where all of this is going to go. But I know I wanted to self-publish. And if I'm going to self-publish, I should probably, you know, just make up a name of a publishing company and, you know, start, start from there. So is that what you would say? Sorry. Is that what you would say it was at the early stages, a, a publishing company? I wouldn't even say, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that. I think it was just, that was one of the thoughts. And as I thought more and more about it, um, I got to a place of thinking, well, no, it shouldn't just be that. Um, and, um, it, I mean, it can, it, it, it can encompass that, um, but it can also, I want it to be able to actually encompass these other things. So maybe let's not be that s- specific, but let's do call it something. Uh-huh. Um, so these ideas were all swimming around and, um, honestly, probably starting about five years ago, 2013 into 2014. Um, I didn't start, I didn't get on, for example, Instagram, uh, as, liquid drum until 2015. I think it was August 2015 coincided with a fall semester sabbatical that I was taking here. Um, and that's really where a lot of this began in a more official, uh, way. So that's, uh, when I started doing, uh, some of the videos that I did. Um, and, and that was mainly because I had time, um, and, uh, Baylor paid for, uh, a camera and recording gear that I would use in order to do eventually do a lot of my um, tambourine and triangle stuff. Uh-huh. So I just started exploring it, all of it, uh, recording, um, messing around with social media, you know, having no, no clue what I was doing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's strange to think, well, now it's been three years of doing it. And by no means am I uh, a pro, uh, but I have learned a ton, uh, and I do, um, I do study a ton. I, I, you know, in the form of listening to podcast after podcast after podcast about um, how best to do all of this stuff. So, um, yeah, I, the main thing for me, you know, I was um, a couple of weeks ago. Ivan uh, Trevino put out uh, a blog post about. Um, about this social media thing. And I, I don't know about if you saw too that. much, right? Yeah. And about sort of how to take a break or whatever. Yeah. How to, how to handle it. And we, we, you know, a lot of us, I think feel this 
um, this need now to do it. And I, and I think younger musicians, student musicians are, you know, it's like, it's, it's become just this absolutely necessary thing that maybe some of them understand how to do well and maybe some don't, but it's, it's just this, this added component now that, that we're all having to navigate. Um, and that, yeah, sometimes it is, it does seem, um, too much. Um, for me, I, for whatever reason, I've always managed to have a really healthy relationship to it. Um, there are certainly times where I consume a little bit too much of it and I need to like, all right, stop. I got to work. But in terms of my content creation, um, for whatever reason, I, I've just, I've found a way that I feel comfortable with in bringing it in to the work that I already do. Um, and knowing enough about it, uh, to, you know, put out that content in ways that don't absorb enormous amounts of my time that take away from actually doing the thing, you know, that I, that I want to do. So, um, which is like the biggest problem I think for most people, right? Right. The time commitment, because you want to be an artist, you don't want to be a video editor. Right. You don't want to be planning out a content schedule. You just right. want to go do your thing. Right. So, right. How do you go ahead? And I'm well, going to ask you after this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, for me, um, I have just come to really enjoy the process. Um, mm -hmm. I guess I was, um, uh, I'm fortunate to, you know, like, uh, video editing on some level. I, I do enjoy video editing. Um, and, and, and like thinking of new ways to, to get different bits of information out there, whether it's, you know, pedagogical information or performance based or, um, or just things for, for a chuckle that are laced with hopefully good information, um, as well. Like it's just a problem solving and creative, um, um, uh, project that I want to tackle every single day. So, um, yeah, it's enjoyable for me. Um, as far as Ivan's thing goes, the article that he wrote, um, well, maybe it, let me ask you this way. First, what do you find yourself consuming on social? What do you like to watch? Um, honestly, if I'm going to sit down and watch, like if I have, if I have, um, uh, if we've eaten dinner at home and I have finished, uh, the dishes and I have maybe 10 minutes to myself, um, I'm probably just watching SNL videos on YouTube. Um, uh -huh. so I'm not necessarily scrolling like I'll do an overview of, of catching up with whatever's happening on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and you know, if some sort of video content pops up, I'll, I'll engage in it. Um, it honestly, it's not, it's not typically music related. Um, a lot of times it's not, and it's not that I try to avoid it. It's just, um, I'm so saturated with that <laughs> in, in every aspect of my life right. that maybe the last thing I want to see is yet another, you know, whatever. So um, social for you is sort of an escapism. In I way. think in terms of how I consume it. Yeah. 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 Or, or if I intentionally go into it with an eye towards studying something. So if I'm looking at, um, what, you know, the grid book series is doing and thinking, man, they have a huge following. How, <laughs> how is Mark structuring all the things that he's doing in order to do that? So I'll, there will be times where I engage with it in that way. Um, but a lot of times it's just, yeah, it's just to kind of step out and let my brain chill for a while. What do you think about, uh, I was sitting here hearing you talk and you're, you're totally with all the vocab around social. So 
What's that been like, your journey with social media? You said you have a good relationship with it, you know, using words like consumption or consume <laughs> and like engaging with, you know, all these things sound very official or like military or whatever. Right. But, you know, what's your take on on the vocabulary? Is that something that you really try to embrace? Is it one of those things where you're just like uh, not really into it? Well, I think with any any new thing or new version of an old thing, um, and you know, and this of course is just a form of, of sharing, and and it has such great capacity for being able to share, you know, uh, around the world. Um, but I think anytime something like that happens, it's a, a new vocabulary does sort of blossom with it that allows us to have a common language that we can use in order to in order to discuss these things mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, we can have a conversation and um, and 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 talk in in very specific ways using very specific language um, that gives us immediate access to the ideas that we're that we're trying to share. Um, uh, honestly, I think at this point, just because I've lived in it for long enough, I don't even realize it anymore. Um, uh, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah and, but I'm sure there was a moment early on where I was sort of scratching my head and thinking, oh, okay, um, I, I'm a consumer, um, <laughs> but, and I'm creating content. Okay, I understand, you know, and just <laughs> forming that glossary of terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, I put something up. I don't even remember what the post was on Facebook, but I used the word engage. Yeah. Oh, it was something um, – you know, from time to time, you see these almost like chain letter things where people want you to copy and paste the post. Right. And it's always some BS thing where it's like, you know, you don't see my post anymore because you don't like me or right. whatever. So right. you need to copy and paste this so you can see my stuff. Right. And I basically put like a little post where it was like, no, you you just don't engage those people. Right. Like, that's why you don't see their stuff. It's not Facebook out to get you. It's because you're not actively looking at their stuff. Right. Facebook is in the business of giving you what you want. Yeah. Not what you don't want. So right. if you keep clicking on something, that's why you see it. So if you right. want to know why you see it, that's why. Anyway, right. I used the word engage in this. And everybody, there were all these comments back with like robots, like engage, engage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but you guys are engaging on Facebook. Like you guys are embracing this. You just don't like the vocabulary. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if we don't Whatever. use that word, what what word would you prefer that we use? You know, <laughs> maybe yeah, you guys can float a new word and then we'll, yeah, you know, we'll adopt that. <laughs> Um, so let's see, liquid drum sort of is the name sort of the liquid. Is that the being flexible and uh, versatile? Is that where this comes from? Where does that that name drive? That, um, yes, I love, I love being able to describe it in that way, but that was very much a random result of a very, very random name, um, which (laughs) had no, um, deeper meaning (laughs) at the, at the beginning, um, it's nice to retrofit these things sometimes and say, oh, yeah, that's exactly what it means, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I don't know. I wanted something that was um, obviously attached to percussion in some way. Um, and I just thought it had a nice ring and was interesting and not, you know, too long, but also made you look at it, you know, for a second. Um and and think about you know what what it is and you know and I mean right. there's many people outside of the the music or percussion world um, always make the um, 
kind of very surface level crack of like, oh, liquid rum, liquid rum. And, you know, but it doesn't matter if it causes some people to at least stay with the name for five to ten more seconds when they other than they otherwise would. um, Then I think that's good. (laughs) Then they've actually thought about it and, and maybe embedded it in their brain for a while. And I have so many different directions I want to take this within, you know, like 30 minutes has left. Um, I guess maybe one random question would be, what do you think your colleagues or what do your colleagues say to you about Liquid Drum and your sort of embrace of social? Have you had people sort of comment on that? Uh, Yes. Um, I think at least the people that have that have actually talked to me about it, um, they 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 see it as a positive. Um, I'm sure there's some people who maybe um, see it or know that I'm doing it and think, gosh, that's, that's a colossal waste of time. I'm not, you know, he, he should just be practicing uh, snare drum. Um, but I think for the most part, um, largely, uh, yeah, it's been received really well. And I think it has, it has allowed me to engage conversations with my colleagues. Um, so for example, this year, um, our school of music just uh, finally hired a dedicated uh, marketing person, which we hadn't had before. And and I think that's probably the case with a lot of schools of music. Everybody's just trying to do their best within their own areas or within their own studios. And it's a, um, it's a very um, separated, you know, way of marketing what, what should be this, this, you know, unified vision for the school or program or whatever. Um, so, but prior, prior to hiring this person, it did allow me to engage with people about, you know, best ways of doing it. Or, you know, I, I would have colleagues say like, it looks like you've had success in doing these videos. Has that helped you with re- recruiting? And, and the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's more, it's more eyes on the thing that I'm doing. So without question, it helps with, with recruiting. Um, so I, I think, I think everybody or most people um, realize that it's here that really we must use it. It's especially if if any of what we are doing is um, trying to reach uh, younger people um, and certainly people of the demographic who would be going to college. Um, I think it's just it's a must. And so um, there I know are, 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 are people on our faculty or who are probably a little scared of it because if you, if you haven't done it, 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 it can be scary because it's this other thing. It's this other skill set you have to learn. Um, but I think everybody is at least open enough to it that they say, yeah, we need to do it. Um, help me to do it. Or do you have any ideas about how to do it better? Yeah. So what do you say to them whenever they come to you and they're like, Todd, I have no idea, but this seems like something I really kind of want to try. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for, um, for, for me and for how I use it, uh, maybe with, uh, my Baylor percussion stuff, um, which is certainly not as active as my liquid drum stuff, but I guess it's, you know, in some ways it's all the same. Um, it's, it's just demonstrating, um, my approach is just demonstrating the day to day. So, um, if our, for example, not that this has happened, but if our bassoon professor came and said, what I, you know, where, how should I start, you know, uh, Baylor bassoons, uh, on Instagram, what, what do we do? Um, that, uh, well, two things, one, it's very easy to just, well, obviously start by taking a 30 second video clip of, of, you know, the bassoon section in, in the orchestra rehearsal today, like boom, done, put it up. It'll yep. get eyes on it. 
um, write something, you know, semi-descriptive and go. Um, but then too, like, especially, uh, at the college level, don't be afraid. And I know a lot of them have done this, but don't be afraid to just hand it off to your students. Um, assuming that you, there are students that you trust to, to do it well. Um, but they want to do it. You know, that's, that is where they live. That's, a, that's at least where they live part of their lives. So, um, uh, you know, tapping into, you have a resource right in front of you and that is your studio. Um, so give them the keys to the Instagram account and, and let them capture a bunch of stuff and put it out there. Um, Why do you find that, if you don't mind, if we could stay with that for a second. So, sure. uh, have you done that with your students? I'm sure you probably have if you're talking about it. And then what kind of student um, would you say would be like the best kind of student to do this? And then what do you hope those students are showing and what's kind of the ROI of even doing it? Yeah. Um, so um, I have to admit, no, I actually haven't done it with my own students. It's one of those things that I think, gosh, this is a great idea, but uh, but I actually mm. haven't. Only because, <laughs> only because I, I'm actually someone who, ten, who tends to do it quite a bit. So um, in, in, for me, even though I'm much more active on my liquid drum account than I am Baylor Percussion, um, to me, they are sort of one and the same. And most people who know me know that I'm running both accounts. Um, and I'll try to even have fun with that. Just the other day, I, I um, posted something and was tagging one of my students. Uh, I posted something on Liquid Drum, but was tagging my student from Baylor Percussion, you know, just sort of triangulating a conversation. Um, uh, just, just, I mean, partly just to get more interaction on, on, uh, on, on the conversation that was, that was being had. Um, but, uh, but, you know, they, they can have a chuckle with that and realize that, you know, this guy either has nothing better to do with his time or he's crazy or, <laughs> or this is just how he has fun. I don't know. Um, but I think it's, it's enough a part of my day to day, uh, life that I haven't, I guess, felt the need so far to, to hand the keys off. Um, but I, Objectively speaking, yes, it's a great idea, and I should. And if I to follow up, um, because there's a second part to your question, uh, who would I be looking at to do that? You know, for me, I um, I love design. Um, I love the conversations that revolve around aesthetics. Um, I I do like you know um, uh, well-formed uh, images and shots that capture things in a certain way. Uh, so for me, it would be some someone who is who is also interested in that. If we're talking about Instagram specifically, which of course is more of a, uh, a visually oriented platform, um, I would want someone who who is a little bit more inclined to that, um, who understands you know when and where to use an appropriate filter if it's necessary, and and uh, what angle a shot you know should be taken at to to give it just a little bit of a pop. Um, I, you know, we've all seen, and I've seen this from. From other people in the in the music um, world who who don't seem to be trying very hard uh, along those lines that are just like oh you know it's just whatever it's yep. a picture <laughs> you know and yeah. and those things usually fall pretty flat so just trying to find ways to um, direct that towards someone or um, empower someone to do that who who maybe is more inclined to do that and the interesting thing is that. Um, I mean, I can think of a handful of students in my studio right now. I can kind of gather that by their musical tastes. I can gather that by 
the types of interesting things they may or not, may not be into, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and that's, that for me is why all of this works together is because, you know, developing this content or using these tools is in, it, there's no difference in my mind, um, doing that, that it, like that and building a new piece, for example, you know, learning a 10 minute marimba solo. Um, it's all the same artistic process for me. I'm looking for many of the same things in both of them. Um, other creative places. Yeah. 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 Real real quick. So Drew Tucker is on here. You know, Drew, Mm -hmm. he said, both of my high school accounts I created and then handed off to the students, but he maintains the passwords. (laughs) So I asked Todd the hard hitting question. If he's coming to Mallet Lab. <laughs> All right, we're going to put you on the spot here. Are you going to Mallet Lab? Well, the first, thing I, the first thing I was going to say is that Drew, I think, both gave both of us another assignment on um, Mallet Lab this morning through an email of something he that did. I'm realizing now I didn't do. Um, I, I talked to him on the phone about two hours ago. I told him I haven't even started judging anything. So okay. I should probably start. That's all right. Um, so I so, thought he, he so was don't on don't escape it here, Tom. Are you going? Are you going to Mallet Lab? He needs your commitment right now. No, I know, and I, I owe him. <laughs> um, I'm I am I'm trying, Drew. I'm trying to try to have trying to find a way. It, it it actually does. It ends up coinciding with our um, high school uh, band and orchestra camp mm. at Baylor. Uh, it seems like for whatever reason, um, the, the number of summer, uh, a number of summer opportunities that have um, come my way or been offered for this summer specifically have unfortunately all landed right on top of each other. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying, Drew. <laughs> all right. We'll get back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, let's see. Oh, man, that just <laughs> that threw me off. Yeah, he derailed um, you. Yeah, that was that was great. That was a good job <laughs> doing that. Um, so let's see. I would imagine that for younger professors, uh, this is a much maybe not easier thing, but a more comfortable kind of landscape because we've grown up a little bit more with it. Uh, what would you say to an older colleague that's saying like, yeah, I kind of see the value in this. I I don't have Instagram. I have a Facebook account where I post cat photos um (laughs) but i I see that this is kind of necessary so somebody that's like checked in and has a clue that like this is an important thing but has no sort of tactics how would an older colleague sort of attack this and then what would be the the return for them or for any college professor like what's the point of doing it right right um yeah, I think there are a couple things. Um, if I, in that hypothetical situation, if I had, say, an older colleague come to me, um, the first thing I would say is, um, look at me. I am not young. You know, I'm 41. So I think I am officially of an age that, um, that a lot of this may be doesn't or shouldn't or wouldn't just naturally come as, you know, an extension of uh, I've always had a phone in my pocket and I've always known how to manipulate it in order to do this stuff. Um, and I've I've made the joke many times before that if you were to ever ask uh, Doug Perkins about my ability with technology, um, he you know, he would die laughing because in anything that we have ever done together, um, it, 
he, he knows that I know like zero about it. So, I mean, any electroacoustic piece, he is always doing all the stuff. Anytime we record, he is always in charge of all of that. Um, um, but I, I learned or I have started to learn and that was hard for me. Um, and I many times do learn just by doing. Um, so I think for people who haven't done it, um, I mean, I, first I would just sort of uh, tell that story, which is, you know what? Um, I just got on and I started trying. Um, uh, I got a camera and I hit record. Uh, I dumped stuff into iMovie and I learned how to cut and move stuff around um, and, and realized then that I started having fun with it. Um, and I think the, the biggest encouragement for me early on, and this is something that I think I would hope that older colleagues who maybe are thinking of using it would, would, would find is that, um, you know, the, the potential feedback and the immediate connection that you get, um, outside of your circle. For me, that was one of the big points. Like, how do I, how do I connect beyond, um, my little circle of, you know, 12 to 14 students in my studio and, and recent alums? How do I, how do I share stuff about percussion and music with with a broader audience um how do i do that in ways that don't require me because i have kids of a certain age right now or you know i want to be home and 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 with them how do i do that without having to run across the country um to, to do that you know in 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 person and honestly when you're doing that you're still only interacting probably with the same 12 to 14 uh, students just in that other town or in that other university. Um, so how do we do this in a way that can connect us uh, with more people more immediately? And so I think by doing that and by trying and by getting that immediate feedback of, oh, hey, you know, I didn't realize my my colleague from, uh, you know, from Washington State is actually on Instagram, too. And I posted something and they said, hey, this is great. Good to hear, you know. Yep. Anything like that, I think, kind of welcomes us in. You know, I, I think that's that's probably the thing that most people don't realize and maybe are most afraid of is, you know, maybe I won't be welcomed there. Maybe nobody will like my stuff. And, and, and if that's our currency, like, uh oh, that that makes me feel bad. But I do think, um, you know, when I see someone new pop up that hasn't been on, especially if it's an older colleague, whether in the percussion world or, or you know, music world in general, um, I'm very quick to, you know, to go in and start following them and see what they're up to. And um, because I think that's that is an encouragement. And if all we're doing is just further connecting all of us, um, then I I think that's a good thing. In its purest form, I think that's a good thing. What do you say to anybody that um, that thinks it's about narcissism, that people (laughs) that go on Instagram are are nothing but narcissists? Yeah. How do you reply to that? um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think my honest response would be, um, um, well, first I think there is far less of that than people probably assume or presume, um, at least in my, in my experience with it. Um, and, uh, and, and also if there's any level, I mean, if that's the thing, Gosh, I don't know if we compare it to what we do as musicians. If I think I think most musicians on some level 
are narcissistic in some way. You know, like standing I think on a stage, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all dealing with ego um, in a lot of different ways. This is not necessarily any different. Um, you know, I think from checking into one of your earlier um, iterations of, of one of these events, I don't know if you were talking to Adam Tan or whoever, but you guys were talking about, um, you know, that this this really, of course, this is this is yet another stage or this is the new stage, you know, that, that by putting stuff on social media, that's that's yet another venue for us. Um, so I don't I, I think I guess I would try to convince people or com- compare the two things and say, you know, this isn't this isn't different. It is just it's a different stage and it's a stage that's on people's computers or phones. But that is no more narcissistic than getting on an actual stage in front of people and have you know, have them sit there silently for 90 minutes and stare at you, you know, yeah. like in some ways it's less narcissistic, <laughs> I think, um, and less ego driven. So, I mean, it depends how people use it and how, how they, how they form those opinions about it. But, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as that. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, how would you, how would you encourage a colleague that say maybe a, a theory professor or a musicologist or maybe an administrator, how would you encourage them to create content? What kind of content should they put out? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, based on what their, their area of expertise is, um, and, and, uh, their passion, I, I mean, I have a, uh, an older, um, music history colleague, uh, here at Baylor, um, who I don't think is on Instagram, but is very active on Facebook um, in a number of different ways. Um, uh, but at least a big chunk uh, of what he does is um, is basically marketing his uh, his scholarship. And, you know, uh, for example, right now, he, he just um, ha- has published um, what looks to be like a, a really, really good and interesting book on. Uh, Beethoven and how we how we listen and hear Beethoven um, and and he's at least I think I don't know his age exactly but I'm sure he's at least 20 years my my elder um, he's not on Instagram so he won't see this um, <laughs> but no he he's doing it as fluently as anyone you know it's just for him it's it's his book or his his research on Beethoven taking the place of, of, you know, if we're comparing it to me, my tambourine videos. Um, I do think maybe there are some, I was just, I was just talking to my wife the other day. Maybe this is a good, um, little side note in comparison. And by the way, don't think we just have eight minutes. We didn't really get going until about 15 after. So if we want to, you know, go (laughs) for another little bit, that's, that's great. Um, uh, so, my wife, um, so the, the uh, NPR program, uh, Away With Words, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but um, at least in Waco, it comes on typically on Sundays. And so it's, you know, it's this um, program that's all about um, words and word origin and word usage and stuff like that. And, you know, it's super nerdy, but it's interesting. Um, I don't even remember the, the, the exact circumstances around this, but for whatever reason, my wife reached out. Um, sent an, an email to um, uh, away with words based on something because it's all about interaction. I mean, it's it's all of this stuff. Um, but but sent an email about something and I think mentioned something about they don't they don't have an Instagram account. Um, 
and um and then she went because she wanted to tag them i think and something um oh that was it yeah we were talking about we were talking about uh new terminology for young people uh dealing with uh relationships we so we have a middle schooler now so we were like looking up all these words like textual relationship and just what people call things now uh-huh. and so she wanted to tag them i guess and so they actually responded via email and said um you know we have we have found that since based on the type of of you know program we we are and we're, we're we're sort of just based on on words and talking about words that instagram maybe isn't our best venue because you know it's more it's more picture or short video based um and so i think you know they're more active on say facebook or, or probably twitter um but but we actually my wife and i were having this conversation i was like oh but they could totally do stuff. I mean, gosh, if they put up a new word a day, you know, with the um, breaking things down, you know, people people who are into words, I mean, they it doesn't have yeah. to be. It's you know, it's like they love looking at words. So um, they could do this kind of thing and get social media gurus or whatever in a little interview, and you make a thirty second little spot, you know, talking back and forth. There's right, all sorts right. of stuff they could do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think maybe in some ways, if we're talking about the more academic side of music. Um, um, you know, I don't think we should feel limitations. I think, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that is the big thing. It's just, if people don't have experience with it, they think sort of in these large, um, all or nothing terms of, okay, Instagram is about pictures and Twitter is about words and Facebook is about your friends and family, you know, and all of them can be used in all the ways. Um, you just have to be strategic and know how to sort of tweak and reorient stuff for, for each of the platforms. So, um, I have a, you know, I have this music history colleague who I think is doing a good job of that on Facebook. Could he also do it on Instagram? Yeah, he probably could. Does he want to take the time to do it? I don't know. You know, maybe yeah. not, but, <laughs> yeah. um, it may not be a priority for him, but I think it's all possible. Um, are you, so obviously you see the value in this, uh, you're considering, uh, letting your own students sort of take over the gram and kind of show the student perspective of things. Um, what? Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> totally out of my brain. <laughs> um, I guess what ROI do you see coming from letting the student take over? Let's get back to that just real quick. Like, um, does that question make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And who's the audience for that particular kind of content from you? Right, right. Um, well, I mean, I think one. I mean, if if to let the students take over, um, obviously, um, well, for me, it would be it would be mainly to um, uh, have that account be more relatable to people of their their same. Um, age and identity and, and, um, you know, there's, there's something as, as savvy as I think I can be on that. Um, I absolutely know there's a disconnect with, with, you know, probably how I phrase things or how I do things. Um, that does sound, you know, 22 years older than the people that maybe I'm trying to appeal to. Um, so I think I think that is probably the biggest upside of it is that there's there would probably be a way of delivery um, and um, just sort of a manner of of what those types of um, posts or what that content would be that would probably immediately resonate a little bit better um, with with that particular demographic 
it being the one that we would be trying to access because really I would think the point of something like at Baylor Percussion, um, I mean, all it is is shining a light on what we do here and trying to recruit more students to come. Right. Um, so that, I mean, that, and that of course is a very different mission than what I'm trying to do with liquid drum. Um, so they each kind of have their own role, but for, for school oriented stuff specifically, it is what's going to keep people interested or make people interested, uh, or make people engage or make people send an email, um, uh, you know, to me or to someone else in, in the studio saying, Hey, I'm looking to do a master's degree. You know, can, can I find out more about it? Or, you know, I'm looking to start my bachelor's degree. Um, I've been following you guys for a while. Um, that would be the hope. Um, and I, yeah, after having this discussion, I've, I'm realizing you're you're making me, you're going to push me over the edge that I need to do this. That's why I keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, have you have you given it any consideration to uh, to even cons- make this part of the curriculum for the students? Obviously, you're saying that this is a benefit to you as a musician and others. Uh, would you put this in the curriculum at all? Um, yeah. I, I absolutely would. I haven't thought through that probably, uh, at levels that I, that I should or that I would need to in order to kind of formulate maybe what that would look like. Um, but I think, um, I, I think in three to five years, we're probably all doing that in a more formalized way. Um, or we're doing it in some way and, and, and probably those who are very, very progressive with it are doing it, doing it in a more formalized way, um, than certainly than we are right now. Um, we are about to embark on curriculum reform, um, or looking at the curriculum, whether or not it'll be reformed, I don't know, but we're about to go through that process, uh, here at Baylor. And, um, I mean, we've been talking for 10 years about, you know, we got to get some sort of entrepreneurship thing on the books. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And man, it is hard. Like there's, there's so much, um, support for it, um, amongst the faculty, but still not enough support to make it happen. Why don't Um, you think there's enough support? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's all wrapped up in all the stuff that we're talking about. I don't think anyone is necessarily against it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are there are there are a handful of us that are very much for it. I think everybody else, not everybody else, but I think a large portion are just apathetic. They're, it's not a priority. It's not you know like, and again, spe- especially for some of our older colleagues who have have um, you know built a career um, that for decades existed within a, a very different. Um, uh, approach than than where we are today. It's sure. you know so at the at the at the end of that time or towards the end of that time to say like you know what we're blowing everything up <laughs> we're revamping <laughs> everything um, I know is is probably scary and maybe if not scary just like you know it just doesn't cross you know a person's mind to think well why would it gosh that's a lot of energy I'm not going to do that. Are you focusing on social media right now as you say this um, in the context of entrepreneurship? Because I think it's kind of fascinating, like, to me, the way that I received that is, like, you're focusing, like, social media. 
And I think that it's kind of an interesting moment right there to say like, oh, entrepreneurship used to be, let's talk websites and business yeah. cards. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. yeah, I guess I am. And that's, that's kind of an interesting realization on your part and one that I didn't even realize as I was talking about it, but because it's so, it does seem to be so dominant now, um, that, that, I mean, I mean, if, if what we're talking about now and what we were talking about, you know, 15 or 20 years ago is still, if we're at least looking at just sort of the performance realm, let's say as an example, the performance realm Mm -hmm. where, what we are trying to do is train our students um, to know how to effectively uh, deliver their artistry to people um, and and a, a portion of that act um, needs to involve the exchange of money so that um, said student can um, exist and thrive and put food on the table and all of that stuff. Um, then of course, all of this is the same thing, right? Uh, this is just the new tool. Um, so it's, it's, you know, we're not actually talking about something that's decidedly different, at least if we're talking about that specifically. Now, there are so many other realms of what entrepreneurship can mean and, um, you know, developing, um, you know, these sort of, hybrid professional existences that, that, you know, involve, uh, performing and, and, um, and, and creating and writing and, and maybe doing, you know, some other things that we haven't even thought of and how do we bridge all of that and, and, and bring it all together to deliver it. And, um, you know, maybe more legitimate, just straight up business, um, um, things, but, but much of it, I think is just talking about how do we, how do we get this to people? How do we, how do we let people know what, what we're doing. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am definitely someone who 10 years ago was, was very interested in, okay, I got to send out 50 emails to all these percussion studios, um, to hopefully get my duo invited and these chamber music festivals so that we can go play our, you know, 12 concerts per year. Um, and honestly, I haven't thought about that in years. It's just not like, I'm just thinking I'm, I'm thinking about what's my next video? How am I going to, I mean, all of the same stuff that we're talking about, how am I going to chop it up into micro content? How far can I spread that over how many weeks? Uh, when have I oversaturated, you know, my audience, mm-hmm. but it's still the same conversation, right? Um, and, and, and then for me with liquid drum, how do I translate all of that? If I need, if I need the commerce side of all of that in order to allow me to keep doing it, how do I translate all of that? into um people buying my book or my practice journal or whatever you know and and not in a sleazy like how am i going to sell you at the end of all of this but in order for me to continue to do this how do how does it sustain itself those are the problems that i'm trying to solve now so but yeah it's all that's all social media for me i think that's kind of the interesting thing that you were saying was um what did you say flyers is that what you said like for performances or something, right? I don't even know that I said or, it, but yes, that's very, yes, of course. That's yeah, very basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? So like it used to be you'd go to the computer, type up a flyer, whatever it's going to be, and you would post it in the student center, in a dorm, in the right. front of the lobby, in these places. And I think oftentimes for a lot of people that are maybe against social media or just don't believe it or don't think it's valuable, we forget like why we did those things, right? you know? Um well, A, to get attention for 
our endeavor. Today right. it's a concert. Maybe right. it's to sell a book tomorrow. So it's to get attention, right? Yeah. And you're sitting there going, well, where are people looking? Are you going to put it on the ceiling? Well, no, nobody's looking there. Where are you going to put it? On the bulletin board where everybody is looking. But that's the old school way, just like yeah. what you're saying. Like the new way is everybody's sitting on a phone. Right. So why not put the content there? Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just sort of translating what you're saying. Yeah, um, which which thank you. Um good. And that that's where, you know, your your distinct skill sets. I think that's great because I think, you know, that I mean even things that we are sort of embedded and inherent in the in the way that we're functioning, um I think we do need them to be said out loud by someone who you know actually knows a thing about about marketing so that we realize, oh, oh right. Yeah, I mean I know that I'm doing that, but like yeah, that that is actually what I'm doing and no, that's no different from this other thing. It's just the way we need to do it now. Yeah. Um, we've talked about attention. What would you say to somebody that says like, and you know, like I really have aspirations to do this. I have a lot of interest in social media. Um, we have a lot of good things going on at my school that I really want to show off. We don't have a very good recruiting class on a regular basis, but I'm at a community college or something. And I don't feel like I'm a big name school where I don't feel like I have a personal name or reputation that's big enough to be putting content out there for people to pay attention to me. Um, what do you say to somebody like that that has aspirations, doesn't feel like they're good enough or recognizable enough to do it? Yeah. Um, I, I do think there is a, at least from my eyes, I think there is a leveling with all of this, um, with these platforms that, you know, when I go on, if I'm on Instagram or Facebook as a consumer um, or Twitter, I mean, anything, I'm not I don't go on with an eye towards I am only going to check out um, what the New York Phil is posting and what the Eastman Percussion Studio is posting. And, you know, I that's not I mean, certainly we have made some of those choices by following certain accounts and not following others. Um, but even that act for me has never been a hierarchical one. Um, it's more about activity for me. So if I see an account, whether it's, you know, a very recognizable name or a less recognizable name, but it seems like there's high activity and high content generation, I'm, I'm just as likely to follow whatever community college as I am, um, uh, some other studio that might have a, a more prestigious, you know, ring to the name. Um, because I think it doesn't, you know, I, I, there's something about it to me that doesn't matter. And there's something about it that when I see, especially like students of these places, perhaps, um, playing, I don't, I mean, for the most part, I don't know if you're a student of this place or this place or this place, or, you know, like I have not, you're, you're just, a guy or a gal playing the marimba or timpani and sharing your perspective is yeah, you. Yeah. And if it's good, I'll, I'll like it and I'll listen to it. And, um, if it, you know, if it's, if it's something that I feel like I need to engage with further than, than, than I will, I, I, I know that, and that's the way my brain works. And I'm not sure that that's true for, for everyone, but I, I, th I do think there is something about the platforms that, that is more of an equalizer. Um, um, certainly there are other, um, um, hierarchical things at play if we're talking about algorithms and stuff like that and stuff, you know, as, as the way stuff gets served up. Um, 
But that's not, I don't find that that's in terms of how I consume it. If I'm just looking across, you know, the world of it, I'm not making those judgments myself. Gotcha. I think my, my live video bumped. Yeah, me. it just ended. Yeah. Okay. We only get 60 minutes to go live. Okay, see, I'm, so, look, you've taught me something else there, too. Yeah, it gives you a two-minute countdown at the top, and it starts going down, and then it just cuts. I will say this. I am I am really um, – um, well, I told you at the beginning that I'm, you know, I'm fine revealing how naive I am about so much of this stuff. Uh, I had never done a, um, an Instagram Live thing ever. For whatever reason, I've, I've done yeah. you know, some Facebook Live things, but I'd never done Instagram Live. So, again, I thank you for forcing me to, <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> to get on there and do it. I appreciate you doing it. Um, you know, that's something interesting that you just said. I know we need to wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. Um, for me, it seems like we're still very much a, a Facebook community as far as like the musician world goes. Uh, I don't know if that's because that's, you know, an older community, older crowd, not really wanting to embrace something that looks young. Um, but obviously, if you go look at the data, it, pretty much everybody's on Instagram these days. Right. And it seems like more and more accounts are popping up for people. I'm like, oh, well, I, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're here now. This right. is awesome. So um, are you doing anything specific to, to engage Facebook that's not just an Instagram kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think about those things a lot. Um, first of all, I would say that I, I try to treat Instagram and Facebook pretty evenly um, in terms of, you know, platforms that I use very, very consistent, consistently. Um, I do a bad job at Twitter. Um, and it's because I'm not, at, at least right now in my life, I'm not producing anything that's specifically more Twitter oriented. Um, I can see where that, where I could, I can see where there would be a good use for that, uh, if I committed a little bit more to it. Um, but, but right now it really is, I mean, I dump stuff there that I post from from Instagram, and I know that's not the best way of using it. But I, I want to have some presence there, so that potentially in the future, when I when I do choose to engage it, I'm not starting from nothing. Yeah. Um, so really, my main focus is Instagram and um, Facebook, and and kind of along the lines of what you said, um, uh, for probably the first two and a half years of what I've been doing with with uh, Liquid Drum. Uh, Facebook was by far the dominant thing. I had more followers there, um, had much more interaction there. Uh, and, you know, I can see just from going through the data on my e-store, um, it's, it, it tends to be more people from there who end up buying something. Um, so that always sort of made more sense. And, and, and some of that may be that the demographic is just a little bit older with Facebook. And so those people are, you know, maybe tend to have a little bit more, you know, extra money to spend. And so, you know, if we're thinking about who's going to drop $25 on a tambourine book, um, maybe it's the person who's actually 29 or 30 years old and, and not the person who's 17. Um, but in the last couple of months, um, not that that's completely been flipped on its head, but my Instagram um, activity and um, my, my, my followers have now shot past my Facebook followers Um I don't know that it's something that I've done differently. I really don't. Um, I mean, I try, I do, I do, Instagram is my go-to. So I try to generate mainly from there with the exception of if I'm doing longer form video, um, then obviously I'm, I'm, I'm only going to put little bits on Instagram and I'm going to embed the video on Facebook. Um, 
So that's really the only contrast between the two uh, is when it comes to um, whether or not what type of post and if the post is more video oriented um, and if it's one of my sort of what I think of in my mind is like, you know, one of my feature videos, not just like here's me playing triangle again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Instagram has, has totally surpassed, um, my, my Facebook numbers. Um, are I, they I younger think, people or are they older people? Can I think they're tell? younger. I think they're younger okay. people. I think by and large, they're younger people. Um, uh, I mean, I think there's a, there's probably a healthy mix. Um, I mean, I know from just going through my analytics, there is a, a healthy mix, but, um, I think more recently, yes, it's more young people who have found me. But I will also say this, and to anybody who's listening who, or, you know, I know we're not live anymore, but, you know, if any of this gets chopped up and put up, I, you know, I, there are plenty of accounts, um, within the percussion world, um, many, many accounts and many individual people, um, who have, without question, um, bigger platforms, uh, platforms where, you know, things are, seem to be, you know, thriving in a, in a much uh, greater way than anything that I'm doing, um, on liquid drum. Um, I, I've never gotten too caught up in what those numbers mean, at least in terms of, um, how I'm going to engage with it and whether or not I'm going to choose to come back to it the next day. So I very much see all of this as it's, it's, it's all a long game. It's all about persistence. Um, uh, yes, you have to be savvy and try to study up and, and, you know, um, you know, work in order to, uh, post in the best way at the best time and engage in, in all those ways and, and do things, you know, as, 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 as well as you can. Um, but I go back to what I said at the beginning, which is if I still enjoy, if I just enjoy the process of doing all of this, then whether I have 10,000 followers or 27 followers, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, I mean, 10,000 uh, would be nice, and maybe that translates to, you know, to, to me being able to do more stuff with, with the platform. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I have a solid group of people who, and I feel like the people who, who do follow what I do um, are, are perhaps more committed to it, that it's not just a, a, a cursory, you know, like, oh, sure, whatever, that's another thing, and it says drum, so I'm going to follow it. Um, well, that's the thing. It seems like you go a lot deeper. You know, you may not have forty-four thousand or whatever Mark has at uh, yeah. at Gridbook at the moment, but, but you're able to go super deep with with your followers. And yeah. um, you know, I, I wonder what that like what that grab of the the community is. You know, five thousand or ten thousand or forty-four thousand people. I mean, what is that percentage? Like, right. do you have the attention of twenty percent? Is it one percent? I don't know. Right. I think that that's that kind of matters too. You know, yeah. we don't think like, well, we got to have a million. Right. Like, I don't know if a million people care about this. You know? Right. Yeah. No, you're totally <laughs> you're right. Sure, I'm sure they don't care. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that really is such a good point. And um, yeah, and you know, what's what's the larger community, but then what's the niche community within the community, and and of those, you know, who are the people that really would engage with me? And you know, it's like, it, and and so those. I do think those numbers are always sort of on a sliding scale, depending on kind of what our aim is with it. Yeah. You know, do you have time for like one more thing? Or yeah. You... No, no, no. Okay. Um, so if this can maybe be our last little thing, 
sort of selfish, but it also matters for what we're talking about here. So um, I was invited to be a panelist on the panel discussion at PASIC uh, for the Ed Committee. Uh, right. the, topic is, the topic is something along the lines of um, time to reconsider or rethink the college curriculum and, and where uh, the curriculum is being you know, taught um, or distributed in a 2018 world. Yeah. So there are four of us on the panel, um, people that are or have taught college before all talking about this stuff. Uh, what would be your your sort of reply to the, something like that? Does the question make sense? Yeah, I think so. And uh, so, I mean, I think kind of the key point that you said is like basically where and how it's distributed. Is that? Yeah. What's being taught? Yeah. Like what does the curriculum actually look like today? So what are the kids doing in the practice room or whenever right. they're with you? And then where where should the information come from? Right. Um, yes. Okay. So that, that question makes sense. And this, this, like I mentioned earlier is, is, um, something that I have been thinking about a lot because we're, uh, you know, on the cusp of looking at that here. Um, I think, so if I think about what is being taught from a percussion centric standpoint, um, there's, you know, there's a lot of it that is still, uh, what it has been. Um, I know my curriculum right now is still focused on, um, at least in the first two years of study, uh, four core areas of snare drum, timpani, two mallets, and four mallets, just as sort of, you know, core skill building on those primary instruments. Um, and, and obviously the, the, um, the, the flow of that is that, you know, as you get deeper and deeper into it, that you are, you, you can see how, um, all of these things uh, interrelate and how they can then spill over into, you know, areas beyond that, whether it's multi-percussion or accessory playing or drum set playing or anything else. And then, of course, we need to go dive deeper into into those things. I don't know that, at least right now, um, I would remove any of that. I still feel like for the professional experiences that um, – that, that, that I see people pursuing and, 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 you know, uh, pre-existing jobs or jobs that we might create. I, I still think those core elements are very, very important. Um, uh, I know that I'm lacking, uh, for instance, um, a committed, uh, area of study to improvisation. I think that should absolutely, uh, be a part of, of any and all, um, curriculums going forward. Uh, and it certainly is um, already with, with many programs. Um, I do think the, um, the focus of, of application specifically, so how we take all of these skills um, and all of this rep building and all of this and how um, should we, assuming that we are choosing to do something, uh, come on in, uh, it's, assuming that we're choosing to do something that is that takes those skills and puts them out there in the world, um, the application of how to do that, which that's where we get to this entire discussion, right, of, of um, uh, how do we get in front of as, as many people as possible. Um, so whether that's uh, the social media um, angle um, or 
or anything else that will come up inevitably in the next three, five, ten years. Um, I think uh, musicians' health. Um, that that I, I've been happy to see has been more and more a topic of discussion here over the past year or two. I think that should very much be a part of any curriculum. Um, how do we how do we rest well? How do we take time off? Um, how do we avoid burnout? How do we not get um, um, you know muscle injuries? How do we not damage our ears? How do all of that stuff, which just was simply not a part of, of any curriculum that I was a part of as a student, right? It just was, I mean, you know, we know generally like, oh, we're ear, we're earplugs. Okay. Um, are your are your arms burning? Okay. Well, maybe take a little rest right now, you know? Um, yeah. So just, you know, how to sort of treat ourselves better within that environment um, to hopefully, hopefully produce a version of ourselves as, as, you know, emergent professionals um, that that know how to function in the world in a in a healthy manner, and then how so you know those are just some things, and that's nothing too profound. And I'm not saying oh we should and we should strip music theory and music history and all of that. I do think those things need to be looked at, um, and you know maybe maybe some of them get combined. You know maybe. Um, I know here we have a four semester rotation for music history. Um, you know, gosh, I don't know. Maybe that goes down to a two semester rotation with the option of another one. I think the idea of having options, of being able to choose, of being able to construct elements of your own degree, um, is, is to me something that's really, really attractive. Um, so having sort of a, a structure that is solid, that is, that takes care of the core things, but then, um, that we do have, you know, anytime somebody says buffet style, that usually has a bad connotation, but a buffet style, um, um, uh, selection of courses that you can pull from depending on what your interest is. Um, and then how is it delivered? I, you know, I used to be like super anti, um, online delivery of instruction. I don't, for what, I don't know. I don't, and I don't even know why. I just thought, no, you got to get in a room with someone. And I do think there's still great benefits being in a room with someone. Um, but I, I am very much looking at, for myself and for Liquid Drum things, um, it, 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 we are there. We are going to deliver instruction, uh, online. We are going to, we are going to start offering music degrees in that way. Um, and, and we see that from programs all over the place and all sorts of disciplines and different universities, um, that are doing that. When just five or ten years ago, they would say, "No, we can, you know we can't deliver it online. That's impossible." Uh, and maybe it, maybe it seems unlikely um, for for musicians, but I think it's inevitable, and I think we will be doing that. Um, so to have that as an option too, to have it as an option that we can that you can get certified, that you can get credential, that you can do these things, um, and and if you want to do that in New York, you don't have to live in New York. Um, or if you want to do it with an institution that's based in New York, you don't necessarily have to live in New York. Um, I, I think that's a must. I really do. Yeah. You know, I would love to do like a follow up, even if it's just you and I one on one, uh, because I've got so many thoughts on this that I just go down tons of rabbit holes. Right. Uh, because one thing will just kind of open up a whole another can, you know. Um, well, we should. Yeah. So, I, I love talking about it, too. Yeah. 
No, I would love that. Um, so maybe we can wrap this up. I know you had a student, looks like they're coming in for a lesson. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know we went over quite a, well a little bit for you, but um, yeah, thanks again. I'm gonna probably put this on YouTube uh, and chop it up into micro stuff for like Facebook and Instagram and, and whatever. So that's uh, great. Anyway, well, thanks so much. Let's be in touch about doing something else. Uh, okay. Another chat sometime. Thank you, Brandon. This was really, really fun. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Todd. I appreciate okay. it. We'll see you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.